0: back to Blacker Cats Reviews. I'm your house Christina. We are back for another episode of Viking Season 2, Episode 6, Unforgiven written by Michael Hurst and Jeff Wilno. I gave this one a 10 out of 10. I really enjoyed seeing Ragnar come into his own when it comes to politics. When it comes to doing what he has decided to do. You see he's someone who who handles things in a more insidious manner he doesn't show his cards and he's a little fed up with king ecbert and his and his constant bullshit in disregard to him as a vassal despite now having the same goals i think this was a good episode to introduce Siggy's conundrum. And our baby Boo, our fucking baby Boo, Lagatha, finally confronts her son of a bitch husband. And like her husband, keeps her cards very close until it's time for for the uh the attack. So I really liked all of that juxtaposition of that and then what's going on in england so a lot to discuss this episode wherever you're listening to this podcast podbean stitcher apple spotify go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe and if you want to send feedback on like i'm starting to lose my voice if you want to send feedback on vikings because i'm still getting over code you can at blacker at gmail.com so let's go to the lagatha stuff first because i think that that then the england then the ragnar stuff is a better progression of things going down she goes back to her husband who is even more drunk not happy that bjorn is not there his son as he considers and very much not happy that his wife humiliates him the minute he comes back As he tries to stand up drunkenly and confront him, she has no respect. She feels like she's already stretched her, stretched her, or flexed her muscles about who your men will even follow versus who they're currently following. And he takes huge umbrage to this by sending his men, because he can't fight her one on one. he sends his men to wake her in the middle of the night and beat her in darkness i mean she takes a savage beating when you see her the next morning and she's got bruises all over her face and all over her body and her husband is like what's wrong my love his ass, sea bass. sigvard is a man that should have known that this was not going to be burnt born from lagatha her son is now with ragnar i'm not sure what he he imagined this going down as but he got exactly what was coming to him because she was not gonna take any more humiliation and she took a knife and plunged that bitch right into his eye The man that decapitated him was his nephew einar and he's finally finally removed from the board i could not be happier what does this mean for lagatha going forward we shall see but she is no longer involved in this very abusive situation i have i am of the opinion that he probably hasn't not hit her in the past and she's dealt with it But I feel that he has crossed a line here even further than what has come in the last 10 or however many years. And now he uh, he's no longer Earl and she is and his nephew seem to be in charge because the men have no problem uh, shuffling their allegiance over to her. Let's discuss England and Athelstan and his budding relationship with King Eckbert. Athelstan is back with his tools. He's given being spoiled really as a scholarly type because King Eckbert is not like other men completely caught up in their religious fever without the, the benefit of education or knowledge and he finds that the romans who worship pagans uh, pagan gods were the most successful dynasty in the entire history of history and he wants to learn from that and that passion for knowledge and enlightenment is what brings him and athelstan closer together because he gives him a chore in which he can do because you understand pagans you don't have the same uh prejudices he even laughs at the idea that most of his counterparts think that giants once roamed these lands and he's like we've lost so much more knowledge than we will ever which is true that's why they call the dark ages the dark Ages. not because things weren't going on it's just that unfortunately all of the progressive um progressive industrial type of things that the romans did bring to all of the provinces once the the roman empire failed particularly in that area you know still alive in byzantine empire they lost all the the ability for roads, they all disappeared uh, the aqueducts, what it means for hygiene, things that they were doing, you know, it's definitely a a hit and miss on the medicine, but there were a lot of things that did work and a lot of things that didn't work. So there is a lot of depth of knowledge that the Romans did have and these are people that Christians would consider you know that's impossible they could accomplish such things being pagans but he's not interested in the religious aspect of it he's real he's interested in these people and if their gods did enlighten them then what can we learn from them and bring to our kingdom so he is someone that is like Ragnar a seeker of truth uh, an explorer of the mind if you will and they both find that that curiosity with athelstan athelstan is shown roman scrolls that he can he can translate into latin but despite their close relationship like with ragnar that first year uh if you tell anyone about this i will let them crucify you because this is also something that can look terrible on me because the acceptance between the two continents denmark and england is very narrow-minded there is no coexisting thought process it is all about the dominant thought process so even what he's doing is considered heretical and he's the damn king so that could be enough to get him removed from power when you think about that juxtaposed to how everyone is viewing ragnar's relationship with athelstan it's the same kind of deal even when athelwolf which is king Ekberg's son goes to get athelstan who's also still uh tripping because he's having a crisis of religious conscience because he still believes very much in pagan beliefs but he never did denounce his christian beliefs so he's almost living in two worlds inside of his head and they're conflicting causing him to have either real real um visions or or one ones that are uh, a result of his trauma because he's had a lot of that as well so that's what's going on in england let's move over to Cadigat. king horick well first we begin with Siggy going to see the seer she talks of how she is a little still resentful and angry and bitter about the fact that she lost everything that she once had and that's understandable right she lost her daughter she lost her husband she lost her sons she lost her position however she does have rollo and while she still isn't as she puts it how can i forgive the man that killed my husband i think that's a very valid like i was an honorable wife what does that mean for me to actually actively you know even though the seer goes he could have killed you so you got off pretty easy well i'm not gonna say thank you for it barolo also has been at least was the first to look out for her so he asked what do you want she's like everything i wanted i do i do for rollo i think she mentions that to king horick and she says i just want to know if the gods are ever going to smile on me and he says the gods always smile on brave women This leads to King Horek coming back to Kattegat at the feast. He asks Elendir what happened in England, but he doesn't say anything. He takes the lead from his father. who probably told him, don't say shit. Like, oh, King Egbert, he betrayed us. And he, uh, he never meant to honor your agreement. He asks once again about Athelstan and he's like yeah who gives a shit never mention his name again because he was a useless man he was no one to me and you got homeboy over there floki co-signing because he's like well he never denounced himself as a christian so i don't consider him a loss to anybody and despite ragnar giving him the look
1: shut your bitch ass up nigga i about to ask you that a bitch ass thing about shut the fuck up before I knock your fucking head off your shoulder though ugly ass bitch stupid ass bitch now kick your fucking heart out your chest nigga better watch the fuck
0: out he is happy to hear that his son Bjorn says poor Athelstan because they don't know what happened to him they can't say that he died they can't say that he's alive but he says he uh he grew up with us and we learned to love him Despite how much I gave him a shit time, I actually learned to love that man. And he was a part of our family. And that's the point that he's trying to make, even to his friend Floki. Like, despite what you may have feel about his religious affiliation, we don't give a shit about him. He's not important to us. He's not part of our family because of his religious affiliation. But that's not how. That's not how uh Ragnar thinks about it he is upset well first he makes the comment you know sorry for the shortage of the feast we had to burn our grain stalks for the winter to get y'all Borg out and the king just says so I heard you see his like small rolling of the eyes like because a better king would say you know what let me help you out what can I offer what can I do for you what kind of uh repentance can be paid here this is the two vassals that are his vassals so you have a vassal that did something to me are you going to do something about it and it's clear that king eckbert is not he then has the caudacity to say okay well i share your dream because he says what are you going to do now it's like i'm going to go back to england because now i want to colonize it and now i want to get revenge and Rollo says, I would love to go back to England and get me some revenge. And Ragnar says, I agree. But he doesn't make mention of revenge. Notice he just says, oh, I agree. We should go back. But now both of them don't have the men or the ships that they need to enact their dreams. So King Horik suggests that they go back and approach Yalborg.
1: What the hell did you just say?
0: Despite the calmness of his face, you could definitely tell Ragnar was not trying to hear that shit and then his wife all up in his ear telling him out don't listen to him. Like, bitch, why are you telling me something that is very self-evident? The whole episode, she was just ooh, she's annoying. Ragnar's people are definitely on edge because they're like nah you you was all hella disrespectful he was hella disrespectful how dare you tell us to go back but rollo is chosen because you have such a close relationship with him to go back and make the offer ragnar knows that he's stuck between a rock and a hard place because he does not want to do this but he ends up acquiescing and he doesn't say why he just the next thing we know rollo has made his way to to borg i want to say Jarl all the time but it's so annoying even when i say it earl borg he uh he rolls up on him has a meeting with his wife Torvi and his deceased wife skull what what the fuck? Rolo said is she okay about that because that's your current wife me so you asked your dead deceased skull's wife for advice and he says look we want you to come back for this alliance ragnar are you sure he's not angry well he's not quite like us but he has that stain of christianity about him you know he's just like a christian he's forgiving which is rather dismissive but rollo's saying hey i look for revenge you look for revenge but he's being more pragmatic and he would like you to come back for this alliance, he doesn't mention King Horg, and I think that is relevant. He says, "What do you think?" and asks his dead wife's skull before kissing it, and decides that they are going to reinforce the alliance. Back in Cadigat, Ass Slug goes up to Ragnar and is like, "My father would never tolerate this bullshit, this disrespect." can you see all the shit that I had to go through oh I think that
1: I found myself an annoying bitch please shut the fuck up
0: I did love Ragnar's response like bitch your daddy dead so what he got to say about taking care of you now like I'm not your father don't compare me to your father don't put me or make it a competition between me and your father I don't even fucking know that man okay I did love how he picked up his son He is just always so adorable with those kids. And he's trying to be, you know, because he helps her to sit down. He's trying to be a good husband. But he's also keeping an eye on his son. And she's like, oh, she's so attractive. Bitch, you're so annoying, you jealous little heifer. I, I don't know why women who steal other men get so jealous when they see other women possibly doing the same thing. If anything, you should say, you know, that's fair but he is more concerned about his son and his burgundy relationship with a maidservant called oh what was her name i forgot i'm sure it will come up at some other point but yeah that's what bjorn spends the entire episode being about is chasing this beautiful maidservant watching her dance trying to get close to her because he got the love bug she
1: like the fuck me suck, me suck me suck me fuck me i'm the ice cream
0: man she chunky monkey she is very pretty is she a slave or she not a slave i think she is a slave because she says that's why you can't be talking to me like this i don't think that his father is gonna be too pleased with the fact that he was supposed to be part of this plan and his ass went out to get his dick wet me
2: so hard you keep love
0: you long time back in katagat there was a scene while rollo was away where siggy went to go see king ekbert and he's like so what is this game you and me play and she's like you want to know why i give you information on Ragnar? It's because i do everything for rollo and she believes that because rollo does want to be earl right so he's setting himself or she and him are setting themselves up so that they can try to get some power back from their own being a force together and i love it i can't say i'm knocking this because why shouldn't you be ambitious and you know i'm supporting my brother i'm fighting next to him i'm defending him i'm doing all the things that i'm supposed to do but this is her way of of being being someone that's playing the game as king Eckbert says Deere is there and she is told basically that he don't know nothing about the game. He also don't know nothing about women. So I need you to put it on him.
1: Now from the top, make it drop. That's some wet ass pussy. Now get a bucky in a mop. That's some wet ass pussy. I'm
0: talking wop, wop, wop. That's some wet ass pussy. Despite Siggy being uncomfortable with this, especially since King Ekber over there watching. Ew she does go through with it but later on she says i'm not a whore don't ask me to do that shit ever again but he also is a little thrown by the fact that ragnar would actually do this and she says i told you he's not like other people then we get the moment between bork and ragnar he made his way over very like everybody's watching to see what's gonna pop out because like This is what he did was a huge, like that, that demands answering for, right? So he walks up to Ragnar and he's like, Look, I was surprised that you invited me here. He's like, Honestly, King Horik is the one that presented it. However, I saw the benefit of inviting you here. I love how careful Ragnar is with his words because he's not, he thinks that the other person's hearing what they want to hear, but they're actually just hearing. As much as he's allowing them to assume with the things that he says, he starts to watch what he says around who him he, he's saying it to. And I love that. I saw the benefit of inviting you here. Like, yeah, you know what? This gonna this gonna go well with my plans. Because despite what King Horik says, despite my wife telling me not to listen to him, I know what the fuck I'm about. And he played this brilliantly because he gave you a false sense of security because he's got his own men there as well so he needs to minimize the the uh the casualties on his side and he does it because he doesn't lose anyone this is just a whole coup he tells torsten can you put the you men in your your barn and give them anything that they want i'm the gracious host Of course, my lord. I'll do anything that you ask me to do. (laughs) Sigurd, uh, or on the boat, Torvi had a good line where he looked at Rolo, y'all Borg anyway, and said, uh, I hope this was a good idea, Rolo. She said, why don't you ask her? This,
1: this this is not okay.
0: Because he really got his pregnant wife over there carrying the skull of his deceased ex-wife. Then it pops off. It pops off as uh, Asslug is telling those cute little boys—they are so cute little boys—a story about her father. But as she's telling him stories about how great her father is, they're watching their father become a fucking G. I mean, he was always a G, but yeah, he definitely had the one on the throne. That was just adorable. They was both eat chicken. <laughs> I'm feed that fucking chicken leg Rolo uh the first because Rolo is with Siggy but he ends up leaving my guess is the way they they they're trying to say that maybe he was upset over what happened with King Horik but he goes and sets fire they said don't just be calm we're just locking you in here for no reason and now you're dead Old people burning, old people burning. Put your hands up. Old people burning, old people burning. It's kind of messed up. Y'all, Borg gets a visit from the seer being like, I told your ass that if you wanted to fly like an eagle, that was going to be your fate. Before Rolo bust in with Torsten, Floki, and the gang. And while I love Rolo sitting on his bed cross-eyed or cross-legged, Like, yeah, I'm about to just watch them beat your ass. Like, I told you, I always look for revenge. And while they do go after Torvi, he says that's not necessary. Because that is what you do. It's like, revenge is usually upon you and your kin and your family. Like, you are eviscerated the whole entire line. Because if you don't, then the others that are left behind can seek revenge upon you. It's usually why you have to do that. Uh. So they take him into the Great Hall, cause King hork knows notices something's up. He comes in first, like, what the fuck is all this? And then <laughs> Ragnar comes out with his chicken. Talking about, does the ambience of Cadigan not suit you, my lord? I didn't get no sleep cause of y'all. Y'all not gonna get no sleep cause of me! He didn't even say it like that. He really is like, uh, oh, I'm sorry that you're bothered by the shits and giggles that are happening. Oh, you want to know what's going on here's what's going on they bring in borg drop him before the throne before ragnar floki's there he's like is he dead no not yet oh that was the other best line of the episode is when floki caught siggy and king eckberg having a little tête-à-tête, and she walked over and she's like can you keep a secret no the soundtrack over this scene was also very 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 good loved it there's another scene where they use the same soundtrack and it's just done chef's kiss uh but yeah he's like did you really think i was gonna forgive this man this man that did all the shit that he did you crazy You was crazy to ask and i realized when you did your preposterous proposal that I can use this in my favor to get this bitch here and uh worked out really well for me and he's like what are you gonna do to me he's like oh since you convert with eagles I'm gonna draw an eagle on your back you knew it was scary because homeboy grabbed him and looked him in the eyeballs like the first time he flinched like there was tears in his eyes like oh no and then he just looked at him and his eye like, please, please don't do this to me. And he's like, oh no, oh no, it's happening. It is going to happen like wings. This is
1: the way. This, this is the way. way. This is the way.
0: And that concludes this bomb ass episode. This is one of my favorite episodes. And trust me when I say shit only gets better. It only gets better. The reason why I be talking about Torvi the way I know Torvi is because she's Georgia Hurst, which is Michael Hurst's daughter. His other daughter in this show is Floki's wife. Uh oh, I always get her name. Oh, why do I always get her name? Always messed up, but, but I remember Torvi. Um, Helga. Helga is Floki's wife. That's Maud Hurst. So that's why even though they have very or particularly Tori at this point has very little scenes I think we've had more with Helga. I know that she's Michael Hurst's daughter so she always sticks out to me. We do have feedback for this episode we're gonna listen to Queen Mimi first because she wants us to hurry up and get done with this season. I'm like I don't know why you decided to binge because that was not part of the routine in which we set up for ourselves was to binge through it, and now you over there piddling with your thumbnails, being like, why y'all not hurry up? And I'm like, well, there's a lot of shows out, and my schedule's full. Nobody said this was every other week. (laughs) Uh, I told her that offline, and she just booed me a whole bunch. I was like, that's fair, doesn't change. Anything because I said what I said. Let's hop into the mailbag.
2: Mail, motherfucker. What up, Stina? This is Mimi. This is my feedback for Mikey um, season two with episode six. Um, yeah, I, I like this episode, uh, it, it took a turn. It had some uh, moments in there where I was like, well, damn. Um, but for the most part, um, I enjoyed it. I don't know what this means for anything. <laughs> I have some theories I'm going to throw out there. <laughs> I don't know if this is the kind of show that you theorize with, but yeah, my mind did. And I'm sorry, it probably sounds uh, like I'm underwater because I'm in my car and I got the windows down. I don't know. I, Illinois you probably understand being from Ohio the Midwest weather is so freaking stupid um, two days ago it was like damn near 40 degrees and yesterday it was 75 right now it's 62 it's like do y'all want me to keep my my, my winter stuff out or should I just be ready for anything like I wore, like, I had my jacket on, uh, My like, it's a light, light jacket, but I'm one of those people that as soon as it hits below 60, it's too cold for me, so I don't play these games, but I have some pants on, layered shirt, a shirt and a sweater, and my jacket, and I come outside it's hot. It's like, y'all need to get it together. I don't know what the hell's going on. So, it's like, the heat was on, and then I got hot, so now I rub the window down, so it was, I've noticed that it sounds like I'm underwater, so I'm going to apologize in advance. My bad. Anyway, back to this show. So I think I'm going to start with uh, the Siggy kind of storyline because that's where my theory comes in. Um, First of all, when the King Horrid, that's his name, right? King Is it King Harold, King Horrid? I think it's Horrid. When he, like, brings his little, skips his raggedy ass back on the catagate, and he's uh, talking about, yeah, so my dream now is the same as yours, Ragnar. I need to to raid, and, you know, we need to make him pay. No, oh, King Hort is the, he's the king from Wessex. never mind. The, the Viking king, that's what I was talking about. When he told uh, Ragnar, we're not going to get revenge... I know he screwed you and tried to kill your family, but we need him because we don't got no men no more and no ships. so you, we're going to have to tell him that we're going to all get together. Like, first of all, bitch, like this is what pissed me off when he had the audacity to fix his mouth to say that shit. Now before I even have you say let me play devil's advocate, I get it. I understand. They literally lost multiple ships many many men between the what the the betrayal that they got once ragnar left and then when ragnar took his like took people with him like they lost a lot of men i get it so i don't want you to think i don't comprehend but the reason that this all started was because your bitch ass went against your word you agreed to squash everything if everybody rated and then you changed your mind that was your doing So you started this shit and then you have the audacity, the fucking gall to say we need him. No, the fuck we don't. What we could do is we could be like, look, either you guys join our team and be done with this motherfucker or we kill all you bitches. Like that's what they should have done. Because if you need his men, you don't need him. I guarantee they would jump ship it's Ragnar Lothbrok and he sounds like he's just continuously gaining people's trust and gratitude and admiration so why not why? yeah look I I feel like that's a uh, like if you if you wanna die on your hill, you could just you could die like no I'm not gonna betray uh what's his name Yorl whatever the fuck his name is Spikebeard like if you want to go down with him and you rather not betray him then that's a choice and you can die with him and i'm sure there's people that are that loyal and that's fine but the way he pulled dude off that horse to get away he's a bitch and i feel like because he's a bitch there'll be plenty of people willing to not want to be on his side anymore like just be done with him but for you to like just squash everything after he because he literally tried to kill your entire family <laughs> and you want me to just pretend like that didn't happen like that's some you got some nerve to even ask me to do something like that sir and king or not I don't give a fuck who you are like that's the bullshit um the other thing um okay so the other thing that I want to talk about is Siggy and I brought up the uh the what the king asked was be, uh, because afterwards, Siggy was in there in his bedchambers, or I guess maybe she, he was in hers. I don't, I'm not sure which is which, but because of that, um, we heard her say everything she does is for Rolo. So I didn't realize that before. Like she is trying to come up and she's willing to do what she needs to do to make sure Rolo gets what he needs to be better which I guess could be good but I don't know um I I don't know it seemed like maybe Rolo found out about it and wasn't happy because right before the the incident with the men where they set him on fire and they went in there and beat the shit out of uh Beard uh they all um he he all but like got sick of her like he like looked disgusted and he got up and left so I I don't know if that's supposed we're supposed to take that to mean that but I guess we'll see but I kind of I don't know I kind of got the impression that maybe ragnar told her to do that in not so many words or is responsible i don't know if i'm supposed to take i don't know why that's the vibe i'm getting but i like i see him looking at her and i see that he sees her her like the way she's reacting and the way she is her like her body language toward the the viking king and i feel like he knows something's up Now, I know Rolo's a hoe. I don't know if he's been an active hoe, but I know he is a hoe. Um, And he fucks around on her, but I really, I guess I never really thought about if he was okay with her doing it to him. And I don't know, they seem to have a different kind of relationship now, so maybe that's why he was mad, or maybe it had nothing to do with her, I don't know. But my theory is is that Ragnar might have put her up to it. Second time, maybe not the first time, but like the whole like when the king was like, I want you to you know make my son a man. I was like, first of all, I was like, is you gonna watch? That's okay, that's weird, but you know I don't know anything about Vikings, and I also don't know anything about being a man with the son. So maybe that's something they would do. I think that's fucking weird, but who fucking knows? um that might be a norm that might be unusual i don't know but i also was like i mean you could do worse you did fuck his dad and his dad is kind of grungy looking he looks like he does not know what's going on in that beard he could pull out anything at any second so banging his son is kind of an upgrade even if he don't know what he's doing you should be on top and do all the work he looked like um he was well she, he said he was like the same age as uh Bjorn so he must be what like seven seventeen that's, that's not too bad um but I, I do appreciate when she was like I'm not gonna do it for the rest of your sons I'm not a whore I thought that's what she was gonna say to begin with but that's what made me think the way she looked at him she looked like she was like offended like who the fuck do you think I am I was an earl's wife. Um, but i she went along and did it and it, that's what made me think that you know she had maybe some type of side plan with ragnar because even if Ragnar's still a little bit mad at his rollo at his brother he still also loves him and we know like he's not above scheming to get get him to do to get what he his brother needs so that he can be better and not and, you know and do better so i don't know that that was my theory and i could be completely off and well i guess we'll see um but i did laugh when she came out after um talking with the viking king and floki saw her and he was looking at her like that knowing look and he was she was like can you keep a secret and he's like no <laughs> like that motherfucker is a loon he is really fucking looney tunes it cracks me up he gets on my nerve with his looniness he would bother me but yeah i guess now that appleton is gone floki is back to being Ragnar's best friend so he's probably happy and i feel like he told all the business because he likes spilling people's tea he does it all the time um the other plot line i guess is bjorn and that slave girl when she was dancing and he looked all mesmerized it's like she looked like she's on fucking pcp <laughs> <laughs> all off beat just flailing her body around um and i guess he's all in love with her it was like instant as soon as she spilled that water on him um uh, i don't know how they be getting these slaves but they always tend to have pretty ones <laughs> maybe though they just keep the pretty ones and the ugly ones gotta die i don't know um or baby be traded. but i don't know where that storyline's gonna go but I'm assuming it's, he's supposed to be enthralled and he's going to do something with her because he wants to keep her. But he also wants her to choose and he's in love with her, blah, 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 blah. He's clearly a virgin because when was he supposed to be a hoe? He was with his mama during his uh, youthful time when he would be a hoe. <laughs> he didn't get to go on raids and he was probably too busy protecting his mama from the scum she was dating before or so he couldn't get it in that's just a theory but he seems all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed like he's never had a vagina before especially the way he's looking at that slave girl um what's the other thing okay so the last point is uh uh, lagatha when uh she came back and the guy was like i don't know the way he was like you don't come back with my stepson like he's not yours he wants to stay with his dad and i let him like i don't understand like maybe i'm missing something maybe when a guy marries a woman who already has a child maybe it's like custom for her for him to be treated like especially when it's a boy Treated like this is my son now i don't know he never treat. he never came across like a loving father to bjorn i just feel like maybe he even started married lagatha just because of ragnar he sounds like a little jealous bitch, but i uh don't i can't comprehend or understand why he feels like it's acceptable to be mad that she let her son stay with his father um i get it he's mad that she left without permission and it just seems like something he didn't like he he's like how dare your audacity um but like the way he went about it like I, does he not know who she is like did he not learn a lesson did he not know she was a shield maiden like why why is he I don't understand why he did what he did. Like, he got what was coming to him. And the way she fucking stabbed him in the eye in front of the entire fucking town during dinner was fucking great. I, She probably was like, you know what? Fuck this guy. If I die, I die. Because he had, like, four men, four or five men, come beat the shit out of her. And everybody can see what happens. And if I remember correctly, Appleton was like, you know if this happened you know and a woman says that her husband did this to her it would be in her right to you know i guess you know he he would get what was coming to him but is it because he's a, an earl he's a earl or whatever the fuck it's called he's allowed to treat his women like this i'm not sure but he clearly is displaying her being beaten in front of everybody that's why when she, he stabbed her in the eye, or she stabbed him in the eye, I was like, that's what your ass get, because you don't know who the fuck you dealing with. And she was ready to go out fucking swinging. She had that little knife, and the dude stood up, and she was like, let's go. If I die, die. And then he chopped off dude's head. It was great. Dude looked at her like, I don't know, like, we, I know you. And maybe he somehow knows Ragnar, and he didn't like the disrespect, or maybe he just didn't like the that guy which i can see he's a fucking prick um and he felt like okay this is our time let's get this motherfucker out of here i can't wait to see how this affects uh lagatha because um now she don't have a husband does she is she in charge now she killed him or the one guy killed him so now is he the girl i don't know I don't know how this works, but I'm very curious. Um, so I guess we'll see. Um, the last thing is Appleton. I I don't know what I'm supposed to be taking from this, you know, thing. I I guess I'm glad he's not dead because, as I told you before, I, I kind of ship him with Ragnar. And Ragnar is going to be super happy when he finds out that he's not dead. But I also don't understand what's going on. Like, I get that he is having a, a crisis right now because he went through so much. Um, but i can't tell if he's still with paganism or if he's going back to christianity it seems like he don't even fucking know so maybe that's what we're supposed to be understanding um usually people have a crisis of faith when bad stuff happens um he also saw that virgin mary type image but he's also seen himself bleeding like i he's clearly going through it so i'm not sure but I also think that this King of Wessex is very—is he from Wessex? Now I'm just second guessing myself. But the 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 European king, uh, he is a very interesting guy, and he does kind of remind me of Ragnar. Um, too bad they're not gonna be friends no more. Guess we'll see. Um, so I think I'll end it here. I've already talked enough. So until next time, love, peace, hair grease, the Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, be me out
0: that was Queen mimi with her thoughts on the episode so you can you can definitely uh theorize on this show i just can't say anything about them so all i can say is stay tuned i i I can't really i saw it all until we get until into season six i pretty much and even that i think i saw the first three episodes or no season five is it five or six i think it's five um i can say i'm not gonna play devil's advocate with king Horik. he is a hot ass mess he not only is co-opting ragnar's genius plan he is also completely not supporting him in the same capacity that he supported him with king with you to begin with he had the issue with Yarborg and pretty much made his vassals fight i mean like he pretty you're right everything you said is correct he put everything in motion due to his own rather petty um petty type of you know feelings on the matter and maybe you know because the thing about men in this world is reputation is everything respect someone's reputation but there's also gonna be people with our haters and jealous and uh i certainly feel with our first meeting with king Horik, with him fucking around with the priest shows that he's a little immature a little bit of an immature not necessarily someone that is a leader in which people want to or could follow the thing with Bjorn's absolutely correct. He's just he ain't been not been around his mama at all. And the first pretty thing that smiles at him or half looks in his way that he's interested in, he's all ready to to die on a funeral pyre for. Her name was Porin, <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. That's all my thoughts on your feedback. I'm sure you will have much more to say in the coming weeks. We'll leave the feedback with Queen Shy
1: and her lingering feelings. Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Viking Season Two, Episode Six. And I'm gonna just start out by saying you're probably gonna have <laughs> some comments for me. Um, and <laughs> once I'm done with my feedback, um, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to. Listen to the last couple of um, podcasts on the Vikings. So, um, so I mean, which is fine. I just... <laughs> I'm not sure where everyone stands on how the storyline is going and what's happening and all that good stuff. I know the last time I listened, um, we were talking about the coward versus not being a coward thing with, y- with y'all. But listen, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm just like... I'm just incredulous with these storylines <laughs> I, with, when it comes to Jarl. Because I'm like, here, this man, while Ragnar was away, went into his village, slaughtered a bunch of people, took over the town, and declared himself the ruler of the town. His wife and children and some others had to flee... And while he was gone, he comes back, he takes back over. And then, of course, Jarl flees with his family, with his wife and all that. Um, when Ragnar takes over, then King Horik has the audacity with his <laughs> tail between his legs after doing what he, whatever, what he was doing in Wessex, comes back. And then, has the nerves is like, well, we're gonna need y'all to in his ships and stuff to <laughs> go back over there. Sir, really? I mean, okay, it's like now you want his help. I mean, now you come, now Mr. H- H- all High and Mighty coming back defeated. Now all of a sudden, we're supposed to do the exact opposite of what you wanted the last time. Um, When you got egg in face. So now um, Ragnar, of course he says Rolo, but I'm like now Ragnar is supposed to swallow his pride again. Because again, it wasn't Ragnar's choice to say he was trying to honor the, the agreement, but King Horik said no. So that's what they went with. And he was wrong, King Horik. And it caused a whole bunch of grief for Ragnar, not King Horik, but for Ragnar. And then <laughs> now he wants his to go and and try to be do kumbaya with the man that tried to kill his family, took over his okay. And so and then Jarl comes back to Catechet, you know, to my oh yeah I appreciate it yeah you you know the king. I'm like, are you dumb? Even if that was true, even if Ragnar was like on the up and up with the king and willing to let by- bygones be bygones, would would you not still be a little bit suspicious and have your guard up just a tad bit? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> You're in you just you just took over this place, you left, you come back you know, from the, you know, the, because of the king, even though, even though you don't get along with the king either. You are not buddy, buddy with Ragnar. You're basically in enemy territory and you're just going to trust this word that, oh yeah, you're more than welcome here. Again, even if that were true, why not? Why would you not at least have your guard up just a bit and be on the lookout just a bit. I mean, they all just sleeping and he ain't got no clothes on in bed with his wife. Like nothing can happen. This is it. And so I just I mean <laughs> Okay. So whatever. I you know, you can say I, I'm just I just think it's ridiculous. I think it's dumb. I think it's asinine to sit there and <laughs> Not be a little bit on guard. Um, and then there's Siggy. I'm like, ma'am, I know you just didn't say go to Floki and ask that dude if he can keep a secret. <laughs> Floki? Siggy, really? Really? <laughs> uh, he cracked me out when he's like, no. Like, no. Wait, wait what? Do you know me? <laughs> so that was hilarious um and so that was um I could see there's gonna be some issues obviously with Rolo and Siggy because Siggy is ambitious um and I get it she left she lived a certain lifestyle but what they see her said is also true she could be dead I mean if you don't like the life you're living. It's not like it's a horrible life you're living. You're not living as a slave. You actually got the favor of the you know, the Earl's brother, you know, Rolo. So you're living a decent life. Yet, yeah, is it the life you were accustomed to or used to live in? No. But at the same time, it's not you ain't a slave either. Like that one girl that Bjorn has a crush on. So it could be worse. It could be better. But then again, the women in this time, I mean, I, mean, we're, I say in this time um, because it's it's a lot more in your face um, in regards to how much they're pawns on um, so many things. Because even the king was talking about this game, the game they're playing and all that stuff. And so it made me think about games of thrones that kind of like it's, that's just the way it is. The games of, you know, who can, the hierarchy, who can get over on the other person, who can, it's a ch- game of chess. Who can move their pawns and, and whatever else is in game of chess <laughs> to get ahead and win and all that stuff. Um, then we got uh, Lagatha's story. And like, I'm like, this dude is a drunk. Um, I'm I'm not sad at all. I mean, I was kind of confused as to why that one dude uh, uh, chopped his head off. I'm like, who's that? Like, <laughs> why did he do that? Um, but I was messed up what he did to Lagatha. So, um, yeah. That, anyways, he was too drunk to do it himself. He sent a gang of dudes in there to beat her up, and they went in, head and did it um so uh goodbye not not sad to see you go um but she did i i think you know, she's a badass she did um she did hold her own for a while before they overtook her yeah i like this episode it was very interesting um just to see um everything continue to play out then we got ethelston in wessex and the king there i keep egbert is that how you say his name egbert um he's he's a very thoughtful man he reminds i think i said this in another feedback about him and or they said that they are alike and i agree that Ragnar and this king is alike they're very they're not they're not narrow minded they're willing they're open minded willing to see other perspectives and other ways of seeing things they're not you know totally they're willing they're wanting to learn um how others live and think and i mean it's just instead of just fight 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 you know which is again you know some people are just just their mood um they just not that's how they live that's how they think and then there you got those that are strategists and really want to understand and figure things out and you know make themselves the most or have the advantage, I should say, in any in given situation. Knowing your enemy definitely helps a lot. But yeah, I, I like how him and Ragnar, they're very, um, you know, they don't show their hands a lot of the times. And you just have to, you know, go along for the ride and see where they're going with things. So, and we see Ethelstan and his... Um, going or look exploring his christian faith again without the uh vikings faith uh playing oh i know it's playing a part but without it you know him being around it every day but that's all i have for now on that note until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy
0: that was queen shy with her thoughts on the episode um I don't have much to add uh other than I think Siggy's response with the seer how I saw it is just a moment where she's because is not just someone where's my fate he he's kind of like a, he's like kind of like the 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 village therapist you know you go to him you talk about him she's not I, I find her her reaction humanistic you know she's just expressing herself hey yeah, I, 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 that's always a thing, right? Is when you're in a certain place, people are like, well, always look on the bright side. Yeah, that I get that part. <laughs> you know, you don't have to tell me to look on the bright side. I know to focus on the bright side. Doesn't mean that me and my, my current feelings aren't valid. That I shouldn't feel, you know, resentful um, for having lost what I lost. You know, I had a whole life and now there's like no trace of that life anywhere in my current life it's okay to, to express those negative feelings but also still understand that yeah this person also still saved my life i at least that's my thought process on on things because i have people do it to me all the time <laughs> and i do probably do it to other people as well because that's naturally what you want to do when you're trying to get someone but i always have their mind sometimes people just want to express them their feelings i don't need you to fix it i don't need you to make me feel better i'm just telling you what what i'm feeling i'm not saying it's right i'm just feeling this way and she's not reacting in a way that says oh i'm walking around with a chip on my shoulder which means that she doesn't have to be grateful and one would say you don't you don't have to be grateful because someone did you a favor (laughs) <laughs> you just don't you can be but or even if the being grateful of you know i'm taking care of your brother, or whatever the case may be because i think her and rollo have a different type of relationship than one we've seen with siggy other than you know him acknowledging her but i mean to say that he can make her a slave they can't <laughs> there's some things you can do some things you can't do um to casually toss it like well, you could just be a slave swing like, no i don't think even people that were around like she could leave if anything and go find something else and then it was Rolo who basically said i can i can help you here um because one day i i intend to be someone of importance, and i think that you are someone who could help me with that so i like where they're at right now um in their personal ambitious really because i don't i don't think that this is a world where in which you should not be ambitious if you don't be ambitious if you're not ambitious you know you might find yourself you know on the outside of shit really quickly so um i'm not gonna knock ambition just because it's not coming from ragnar i as far as Yarborg, i know you were you were saying i don't defend his actions at all uh <laughs> um like i said like you said you hadn't listened to the last two podcasts but that aside you know he had a choice to make he could choose to think that her that ragnar it's been some months so it's not like it's been you know just around the corner for us it's yeah we just saw it happen but for them it's been probably a few months now uh if not longer then they had to go to Gotlinburg, then they had to come back those things aren't done in like half a second so some time has passed temper's cool this is i would love to say oh you're making a bad decision for coming back to your enemy that you know is your enemy but fuck that then i'd have to say history doesn't count unfortunately that's just how these things go down I mean, how many French and European wars, they're sworn enemies. But when it's time to, I don't know, World War One, this bitch, then we're on the same fucking t- side. It's the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And then the one thing about your enemies is you're always supposed to keep them close. Um, and thus in the game of it all, I don't think it was out of the realm of, okay, well, it's not that I forgive you. It's just that. You need something more. You have something I need. That was the selling point. That's what got him there. And Rolo had to sell that. Which was the truth. And he could have found out the truth from anybody. Yes, King Horg and then want to go raids. But they don't have the ships. They don't have the manpower to do this. I have something they need. A bargaining chip coming to the table of a peace agreement is just that. That's how you get to a peace agreement. Either both sides run out of money. And they need to pause this or we come to a peace agreement because you have something that i need so of course you is going into this situation and as far as on a guard i don't know how much guard do you <laughs> how much guarding did you want to you'd have to elaborate on that part as i mean i think you could only be as guarded as you can he's got his men they're surrounding him uh yeah it could be an ambush but nothing showing as an ambush i don't know what other than not showing up there's nothing, in my opinion, Yarbor could have done differently. I mean, he went to his his enemy. He talked with them. He was invited here. There are rules to this shit. Technically, Ragnar broke those rules, but he broke his rules. So that everyone's breaking rules to this shit, and that's part of the part of the politics, part of the part of the whole game in itself, you know. And I think i think that when you have to make split decisions like this it's always easier to see things on on the back end of it so i think if he was going to show up he did as much as he could but ultimately he had to make a judgment call and he made the wrong judgment call and that's on him you know but i don't i don't necessarily equate these things with stupidity maybe <laughs> or i think you said it was asinine or things like that yeah but i also think that in his in his not defense really because honestly he doesn't know ragnar and he ragnar really doesn't that that the whole thing is just a whole um it's war it's war it's like yeah do you trust your enemy do you not trust i think those are always judgment calls and it's uh he made the wrong one unfortunately it didn't work out for him but like I said I can't paint one person with one brush and not the other because I think Ragnar's made judgment calls that aren't the best decisions <laughs> as well that's just what you do and you have to reassess after it's gone down but ultimately you know uh Ragnar's snare well he put out a trap he made it very hard for his enemy not to put it aside to say hey can we put this aside especially if you're on the losing end of that yeah and floki lastly he was like an outsider before um but he's become closer because of ragnar remember he was out on the outskirt outskirts weirdo in the bushes with helga and now he's at the table and i think that that um is important because it it goes to more than just their friendship um but it also speaks a lot about their friendship too it's like okay of course i'm gonna be true to ragnar when siki comes up to me and says can you hide the secret absolutely not I have all that I have because uh like this whole life sitting at a beautiful table eating great food Torsten's my friend other people my friends I'm now no longer just a man in that that cave on the outskirts outskirts of society I have a purpose and a place here but uh that's all I have um and yeah i was trying to check my notes to make sure i didn't write anything else down yeah i mean hey this is uh this is the nature of politics yes it could be a game but i also think it's just a state of being a state of society i've been watching a lot of things on the nature channel and watching human or animals but that are pretty much where we come from it explains so much so much culturally and i think in this political world it is all about not even all all the way necessarily the the person who has all of the might or all of the things on their side because don't one thing i will say it's not like y'all borg is nobody and i think that's a huge a huge push in there if if you had to put up into the like a lot Ragnar is very very popular but he's also newly to his role versus people like Borg and King Horik who's been doing this a lot lot longer so he's now starting if anything to understand the bullshit that happens but he has also his own people that will defend him if you know even what they're doing right now there's not to say that there's not going to be consequences everything about that you have to think about what's going to happen in that next generation who's his friends who's his people and Yarlborg is not nobody uh, i think that maybe is not as emphasized in the show but it, I, I think because it comes without saying in this world um i believe in the stratosphere yarl beats earl so he's got a a reason to think that uh, when you say that he's unguarded yeah but it's almost like will this person make this very very truly uh calculated move and then are they willing to deal with the consequences of that calculated move right so i think in the later next few episodes i think maybe that will um because i'm not trying to sell it to you but i wonder if that will how that will affect if anything your how you view uh things that they that that go down but that's all i gotta say if you have additional thoughts on this episode blackercouch at gmail.com my social media will be below remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic